You're listening to the Protecting Your Practice podcast with your hosts, Attorney Dan Mayer and Licensed Counselor Melissa Westner. Dan is not your attorney and Melissa is not your therapist, but they're here to help you cross your T's and dot your I's as they talk about all the things you wish you had learned in grad school. And now, here are your hosts. Hi there and welcome back. Today, Dan and I will be talking about the COVID vaccine and the workplace. We've heard questions about whether or not practices can require employees to be vaccinated and whether or not practices can require clients to demonstrate that they have been vaccinated in order to receive in-person services. As you can imagine, this is a topic that could stir up a lot of strong feelings and opinions, so we hope that today's conversation will help guide you and your work. This is one of those things where I feel like there's a lot of misinformation about, but also it's because it's continually to evolve and change. So let's first make sure we understand what the COVID shot is, okay? Now, of course, there's several types, but unlike the annual flu shots, for example, um, none of the current COVID-19 vaccines have been received what's called full FDA approval. Now, they eventually might. But what that just means is they've been given emergency use designations called EUD. And the FDA provides the following definition for for what that is. Um, An emergency use authorization is a mechanism to facilitate the availability and use of medical countermeasures, including vaccines, during public health emergencies such as the COVID-19 pandemic. Under the EUA, FDA may allow the use of unapproved medical products or approved uses of approved medical products in an emergency to diagnose, treat, or prevent serious or life-threatening disease or conditions when certain statutory criteria have been met, including that there are no adequate approved or available alternatives. So outside of the COVID-19 vaccine right now, there is no um, ability to cure or treat COVID. So in an effort to get it onto the marketplace, you know, and the EUD was applied to these vaccines, so people were allowed to get them. So why is that important? Well, while an EUA is on the way to an FDA approval, it does not have the same safety guarantees as a full FDA approval. The vaccine has not been fully approved yet. It's just that there's an emergency, and so it was authorized to be used. Full approval typically takes longer observation time for clinical trial participants. And it basically is meant to determine whether or not there are serious side effects that emerge down the line. Now, we know that in a small percentage of the population um, that there are, in fact, side effects to some of the COVID vaccines, some of them quite serious. So suffice to say, while the vaccines have been shown to mostly be effective, you know, there are people who are affected in uh, minority people who are affected by these. So then the question becomes, well, can employers require the vaccine for their own staff? Can they require them of their clients, right? So these are the considerations that we're talking about when we are talking about vaccines and reopening your office and whether or not what you can do and what you can't do. Yes. So Dan, I know that you've been getting a lot of these questions and I know that you sent out a blog on this topic as well. So I also know that you're getting lots of questions and that you've lots to say on the topic. One of the biggest misconceptions I hear Uh, from practitioners is, oh, well, you know, HIPAA says that I can't ask my clients about their vaccine status. And I don't agree with this 
All right. So I want to start with clients and then we can talk about employees and, and staff. What, as a reminder, what HIPAA does is it regulates and governs the protection and security um, of co- uh, uh, the confidential um, and, pr- and, and really private information, medical information or healthcare information that a, a practitioner or a covered entity would hold. Okay. What if you have that information? What are you supposed to do to safeguard it? What are you supposed to do to protect it? What are you supposed to do to prevent it from being unauthorized or release of it? Okay. It doesn't dictate what you can or cannot ask your clients. As you are a healthcare practitioner who is running an office where there is healthcare concerns um, about COVID. Um, therefore, I don't see HIPAA as being something that would prevent you from asking your clients about whether they've been vaccinated or not. From my view, um, you can ask mm-hmm. clients, have they been vaccinated or not? Okay. Um, what the way, the thing to remember, I would say, is that not to cast aspersions on people, but people sometimes lie. And right now, I think, and I'm not going to get into the political side of this, but there's a lot of debate over whether people should be vaccinated or not. And there's certainly an anti-vaccine movement and, and they may have their own reasons why, um, some legitimate reasons, some maybe not. But the point is, is that it is very political. So you can certainly ask a client if they've been vaccinated, they can decline to tell you. Um, but because of the concern about whether they're actually telling you the truth, you certainly can, in my opinion, you can require request to have verification of their their vaccination card. Some states are not allowing that to happen. They are not allowing you to ask those questions. Florida is an example. So it's one of those things where it's very important that you know what your rules are for your state, for your local jurisdiction, for your area, right? You need to make sure to find out what are the rules that are in place. If you're a state like Maryland, where we are, where that's not the case, um, you can ask, you can get a copy of that card. You can put that in your client's file, right? Once it goes in your file, once you have a verification as their vaccine status, that in itself is protected health information now. And that you do need under HIPAA to protect and keep from being um, unauthorized um, release. And it almost sounds like there's two levels of information, right? Um, Providers wanting to know, can I ask my clients if they've been vaccinated? Can I ask? And then from there, based on that information, can I require or can I make a policy or procedure that only vaccinated clients can come to the office? It seems like it's the second question. That's a great question. What you have to be very careful of with vaccination status is you're not discriminating against them, okay? There is no mandate, national mandate, or I know of any state mandate, I don't think it's even legally possible, for someone to, for for people to be required to get the vaccine. Now, states are encouraging it. Now, you may have heard a lot of states are doing these lotteries. You know, some employers are doing incentives, and we'll get to that in a minute. But there's no requirement to do it. I'm not sure you can require it. So, if you're providing services or one group of services to one select group of people and not providing those or providing a different one to a different set of people, that's where the problem can lie. You can certainly ask your clients if you're in a state where it's permitted to say, well, what's your vaccine status? You know, you have a card. No, I'm not vaccinated. Okay, no problem. Right. You can't deny them. If you're doing in-person, in-office 
provision of therapy to people who are vaccinated, you cannot deny non-vaccinated people that same opportunity. Because in theory, the reality is, is that an argument can be made that the provision of teletherapy still is lacking some of the additional benefits that in-person therapy would, would have. The clearest example of that is this is why for some people, um, teletherapy doesn't work. They need to have in person. They just cannot do, um, whether it's because of their age or disposition or because of the condition of their mental illness or what they're receiving treatment for, they cannot be having teletherapy conducted. They have to be in an office setting. So you saying suddenly you can't come into my office and get in office therapy, but this person over here can, that's discrimination, right? So the way you mitigate it is you can say, well, look, for those people who are vaccinated, we're going to take reasonable steps. If you are vaccinated, you do not need to wear a mask in my office, right? If you're unvaccinated, that's fine. We're still going to provide the same amount level of care and services that we would provide to everyone else, but we are requiring people who are not vaccinated to wear masks. And you see this, if you've seen it in your local supermarket, or you've seen it in your um, uh, Home Depot or your lows, or there are probably different stories you've been into where it says, if you were vaccinated, you know, come in without a mask. If you're not vaccinated, we ask you to wear a mask. That's why they're doing that. Okay. And with clients, are you coming across any questions in addition to, hey, can I ask that question? And can I require people to be vaccinated to receive in-person services? Are there any other questions clinicians are asking Mm -hmm. you about about clients in particular in vaccination? The big ones tend to fall about what can they do, what can't they do, okay? And again, I want to stress, you can't say to your clients, I'm not going to treat you if you're not vaccinated, right? That's discrimination. Your goal is to mitigate when possible the fact they're not, not vaccinated, like a mask, right? Or that you're, you know, a previous podcast, we talked about protocols and pro- processes you're going to put in place for your office if you're reopening. In light of COVID, you can make sure the policies and procedures in place for how the office's cleanliness and um, hygiene is taken care of in the office um, while requiring those unvaccinated people to wear masks, right? Particularly as well, if you have people of um, who are coming in who may have, whether unknown or not known to you, who may have uh, health conditions that prevent them from getting the vaccine, um, or children who can, you know, who are under 12 who can't be vaccinated. There is a risk of exposure if someone who's unvaccinated comes in your office. So you do want to be having some sort of policy procedures in place to, to address those. You just can't be not denying service to them because they're not vaccinated. So flipping this a little bit, right? Right now we're talking about, you know, can clinicians ask their clients if they were vaccinated, right? Let's pretend this is in the reverse and the client is asking, and even if it's via telehealth, the client wants to know if their provider is vaccinated. There's some debate that I saw online about this recently, and people had different feelings about it. If that was an appropriate question of a, of a client to ask a clinician, should you respond? Should you not respond? Is that offensive of someone to ask that question? So I'm wondering for you from a legal perspective or from the perspective of an attorney, if you have any particular responses to this idea of clients asking providers or practices about the vaccination status of their staff? That's a really great question when it comes to staff. Are there differences as well? So well, many hospital systems in Maryland, um, John Hopkins is doing it, University of Maryland is doing it. A lot of healthcare systems 
are requiring their staff to get vaccinated now, right? Prior to this, you know, in light of some of the potential uh, side effects that could emerge, there was some thought as to whether or not it's a good idea to mandate vaccines because if someone you mandate it and someone gets it and they have a, a bad side effects, you know, can you be liable? Um, but many practices, many, many businesses are, are looking to require it. Um, I don't think there's inherently a problem with requiring it necessarily, especially if you're in healthcare. But again, you do want to be careful because if you have an employee who has religious, religious exemption, like a reason why they don't want to get it, or if they have a health reason that you either you know, or even if you don't know about it, why they can't get it, you're edging into the area of asking personal questions that are not, that are their private information that you really don't want to be asking. So one of the things you can do is instead of saying everyone must get vaccinated, right? If you're going to do that, you need to have an exceptions policy. You need to be able to create a protocol, a process for these people, people who don't want to be vaccinated to be able to excuse themselves in certain conditions to not get the vaccine. Another option is do incentives instead, right? For everyone who gets the vaccine, we'll do some sort of incentive, you know, whatever it is. You know, if you get the vaccine, you know, obviously, if you can't get the vaccine for any reason, you know, because of your medical condition or because of an exemption, then that's fine. Again, you want to be careful you're not discriminating, right? Someone who can't get the vaccine, right? It's not fair to them. I'm not, it's not my choice. I can't get the vaccine, right? So you want to make sure that you're not discriminating against them, particularly that, you know, if you're doing an incentive, that it's available to them potentially. Um, and that the only ones who don't want to take the incentive are the ones who just don't want to have the vaccine. That's fine. You know, but you want to be careful again about saying, well, you're vaccinated, so you can be in the office, but you're not vaccinated, so you have to work from home. Again, you're discriminating now because you're providing one level, you know, that one set of group of, of your employees to do one thing and another set to not do it simply because they're not vaccinated. And that's a very risky ground that you want it to, to, to be on. Well, this is where it gets a little bit sticky, right? Because we're talking about the relationship between the employer and the employees, what the employer can ask and not ask, what the employer can require or not require. But then there's the level of, do clients have the right to know if their provider or staff, you know, in general, if they are, if they're vaccinated, right? So there's the, mm -hmm. the employer's duties towards the employees. But then there's also, if we're talking about clients, do clients have the right to know that information? So again, your employees, that's a private medical decision when it comes to whether to get the vaccine or not. And so even though the fact that they're your employees, they are individuals with their own healthcare rights, just like your clients are. So you want to be very careful because if you're revealing the clients that an employee has or has not gotten the vaccine and the employee has not authorize you to release that information, you are potentially releasing, in fact, you are releasing protected health information. Now, it is up to the employee or the staff member. If they decide to tell the client, no, I'm not vaccinated, so I'm wearing the mask, right? Okay. that's They are choosing to release that information. That's on them. But you as an employer want to be very, very careful that if you're going to release information, I wouldn't really necessarily advise you do that, but if you're going to release employee information about whether they've been vaccinated or not, that you need to be very careful that you have written authorization from that employee, just as you would their clients to release their information, if you know whether they've been vaccinated or not, to release that information or not. You have to be very careful. It's tricky, right? So, you know, and to kind of, kind of sum it up, like you can require vaccines, but you have to have exceptions. You can't discriminate, right? Um, you can put policies and procedures in place that would 
um, allow you to allow people who are not vaccinated on, into your office with certain protocols in place to help prevent the spread because that is you're trying for the purpose of public health and, and high, health and hygiene, you're putting protocols in place to help keep everyone safe. It's a safety measure. It's not a discriminatory measure. So let's change the scenario a little bit. I know I'm putting you on the spot today. No, you're good. Um, so let's imagine it's not a practice. It's not like a large, it's not a group practice. This is a solo practitioner. And the client asks, are you vaccinated? Right? Because they want to know because, you know, they're opening back up and they're going back in person. What are your thoughts then? Because then it's not about the employer. It is more about the individual. It's not about the employer. Is the employer maintaining their uh, employees' confidentiality and respecting their health rights? If I'm understanding your question, the question is, what if it's a solo practitioner, correct? Mm -hmm. So I think it changes a little bit, obviously. Some of we talked about a lot, everything we talked about in terms of clients coming in, whether you can acquire or not, that still applies. Obviously, if it's just you, that's up to your comfort level. And what, what are your reasons for why or why not you, you don't have a vaccine, whether or not you want to have that discussion with clients? That's a could potentially be an uncomfortable conversation to have. If you're someone who doesn't believe or want to have the vaccine, you know, that's that's up to you. Um, if it's because you have a health condition, you know, again, you're releasing your own health information to clients at that point. I don't necessarily know if that's necessary for you to do, right? But simply as just saying you are in, a, in an office with a with child doing therapy, you're not vaccinated, you wear a mask, right? You can wear a mask. The child probably might be wearing a mask. So I, I think it's going to depend on your comfort level, but you are going to be obligated to take certain precautions and be able to have provisions for your office in place to keep everyone safe and maintain health and hygiene standards. It is a safe place to come to. Yeah. So it sounds like there's some freedom in how you respond as the clinician. If you're a solo practitioner, you can respond according to your comfort level, knowing that the client then has to make a decision for themselves about their own comfort level and sense of safety about being in person based on whatever that response is. Mm -hmm. Correct. And, you know, and it's going to be a practice by practice decision. It's going to be a jurisdiction by jurisdiction decision. It's going to be the kind of thing that it is going to be very much influenced by what your local rules or state rules are, you know, but it's also going to be governed by common sense and by what is comfortable for you, what is comfortable for your employees and staff. You just want to be very careful because the problem is that if you do it wrong and you are potentially discriminating and someone can make that claim, that's where your trouble is going to lie. That's where you could end up in, in trouble. You don't want to go down that road. And you know, if it means like you having to consult with an attorney or an HR professional to figure out how to implement this, then that's what you should do. Because in the long run, it's going to save you money and time if you have an expert working with you to, to implement these than if you try to do it by yourself and get it wrong. Sure. So lots to think about. Yes, correct. Um, is there anything that we missed on this topic in terms of clients and vaccination, anything related to staff or anything related to people who might be working at a group practice or they might be working at a larger mental health agency? Obviously, if you're working at a larger mental health agency and you yourself are um, a clinician, um, you want to be checking with your with the owners of the or the, the heads of your practice um, or whoever you report to to find out what the rules are, what they're doing. You know, and it's also something to be aware of. Make sure you know your rights, that they're not infringing on your rights. So if you have an employer 
um, you feel is potentially being discriminatory towards you um, or putting you in a comfortable situation, you know, make sure you understand what's happening. You, you know, it might behoove you to, to, again, talk to an attorney, see if there's, you have options, see if this is something that you need to have addressed or, 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 or viewed. I guarantee you there are practices who are going to probably screw this up. Yeah. And I would say in general, you know, at least at my office, we really encourage direct communication. So if you have a question, if you have a concern, hopefully you're in a work environment where you feel safe enough to say, hey, I have some concerns about what's going on. I feel like this might be discriminatory or I don't feel comfortable sharing this information, Mm -hmm. whatever that is. Hopefully there's a safe enough work environment where you feel like you can be honest with whoever Mm -hmm. your supervisor is or manager. So that way, if it can be resolved on that level, that can happen. Mm -hmm. Correct. You know, and at the end of the day, this is, again, one of those things are these areas of discussion where what we're talking about today may change six months or nine months down the road. We mentioned this during um, the episode we did on reopening your office and the protocols. The protocols you put in place now or, or that practice you're with is putting in place now may not be relevant six months from now. And what we're discussing here regarding vaccines now may not be relevant a year from now. One of the things to remember is that COVID exposure litigation, you know, how the insurance industry is handling it, what rules and and what courts have said is very, very new and fresh. There's no one resolution here yet. Nobody really has a firm answer here outside of what existing law says. So some of these things are going to be eventually heard in courts and they're going to be decisions are going to be made in courts that are going to have an impact. Um, The other thing is that as things change, if new COVID variants come out, and there are some already like the Delta variant, that seem to indicate that in some portions of the population, they're infecting those with COVID uh, who, who may have been vaccinated, that there may still be further changes to the vaccines that are on the market and what is available and what you should be taking or people are, are doing. So it's all kind of wishy-washy. It's because we don't have a firm answer. We can only give you some guidance here as to things you should be considering. Um, in your particular circumstance, if you're listening to this, you need to be doing an evaluation to determine if you need to be talking to uh, um, an HR person or a lawyer to help you develop these protocols. Um, if you're not sure what local jurisdictions are, what your rules are, what you should or shouldn't be doing. Yeah, so we're definitely in uncharted territory, and we have been for over a year now throughout the pandemic. And so it's about really being informed doing your best, knowing that we're probably going to learn some things along the way after the fact, but knowing that we are, you know, just, we just have to go through this, be as informed as we possibly can be, put some safety measures in place. And like you said, we're going to learn some things along the way, maybe even after the fact. Correct. Exactly. So that about wraps up the conversation for us today. We thank you for joining us. We hope that this conversation was as enlightening for you um, as it was for us, it was great to be able to share this, some of this information with you. As always, we always do ask that if you want to reach out to us, if you have questions, if you have comments, um, if your own stories to share, or you have your own ideas on this area, we, we welcome it. Please reach out to our Facebook page or reach out to our, on our webpage and let us know. Um, but other than that, we will thank you again for coming by and listening, and we will talk to you soon. 
Thank you for listening to the Protecting Your Practice podcast. Be sure to visit protectingyourpractice.com to connect with us, continue the conversation, and access additional information. As a reminder, the information on this podcast does not constitute legal advice. Listeners should contact their own attorney or paid consultant for all decisions regarding their own practice.